0: all right welcome to the podcast for two consoles too late my name is Jackson Keebler uh we're gonna be talking about retro gaming movies media and current events it's gonna be a lot of fun so let's get started welcome to the podcast Uh, this is two consoles too late Um, I hope you like that little opening uh, song there it was done by uh, a group called the Boston Typewriter Orchestra and the song is called entropy begins at the office Um, they're a bit like stomp uh, when you when you hear it so on this episode obviously I'm going to be talking about typewriters Um, it's an odd subject and and the way it came to me was kind of roundabout, but once I thought about it and started uh, doing research for the podcast, um, I actually really got into it. I'm a little congested right now, so uh, please forgive me um, if I sound a little stuffy throughout the podcast. So I recently um, I revisited the musical comedy of How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying. That's a mouthful. Um... That stars uh, Robert Morse. If that name doesn't ring a bell, um, there's no pun intended there when I say ring a bell because typewriters have bells. We'll talk about that later. Like I said, if, you, um, if you're not quite sure who Robert Morse is, um, if you ever saw the series Mad Men, um, he played Burt Cooper. Um, stylistically, How to Succeed and Mad Men, Um, the set designs are really similar. Um, So if you have a chance, check out uh, How to Succeed in Business without really trying. And you can definitely see the parallels between that and uh, Mad Men. I cannot for the life of me remember the last time I used a typewriter. Um, When I was in high school, I took a keyboarding class. And uh, Miss Brown, that was the name of my teacher. Um, And we started to learn keyboarding on typewriters. And then uh, we moved to Apple IIe's. So right there, I'm just sort of dating myself. I guess that was like 1992 or 93. Um, I I was horrible at keyboarding. I I was really bad. The only thing I remember from that class is where the home keys are. And you know, that's pretty obvious because they're the two keys with bumps on them. so when the teacher wasn't looking, I would just sit there and hunt and peck and not actually keyboard um, properly. Um, I got a C-plus in that class, and, and I think the teacher was being generous to, get, to give me a C-plus. I, I tried. I just couldn't. I could never unlearn. I mean, I learned to type at a very young age, um, but I learned to hunt and peck, and it's really hard to just undo that, uh, that process. So, there's this great documentary uh, that I highly recommend. It's called California Typewriter. Uh, It came out in 2016. Um, It got 7.3 stars on IMDb, which is pretty high for IMDb. The film, uh, the documentary, really threads a good story of the typewriter. Uh, It follows the history of the typewriter. um, Like a vintage fan base and uh, the celebrities and the artists that uh, use typewriters to this day. The great story of the documentary is uh, they follow one of the last typewriter repair shops in Berkeley, California. And it was called California Typewriter. Um, At the time when they made the movie in 2016, the, the shop was still open and there was some speculation as to whether they could stay open. Um, I recently did a, a search, and uh, sadly, the shop uh, closed uh, rather recently. But one of the celebrities that's featured uh, in the documentary, I would say the most prominent, um, is Tom Hanks. He he is a big proponent of typewriters, um, which I, I didn't really know that. Um, but he is a total fanatic for uh, typewriters. And the artist they feature is uh, this guy's name's Jeremy Mayer, M A Y E R. Check him out on Google. Um, he's a great artist. Uh, he takes uh, old typewriters and he deconstructs them and he makes these beautiful sculptures. Um, you know, mostly of people, but uh, definitely just look up his work. It, it. If I was a millionaire, I would definitely commission some something from this guy or just buy something that he did. It just it looks really cool the next movie that came came to mind it doesn't really have anything to do with typewriters um, but typewriters are in the movie Um, can you forgive me Uh, that came out in 2018 and that got 7.1 stars that movie stars uh, Melissa McCarthy and Richard Grant. Now, uh, everyone pretty much knows Melissa McCarthy, but if you don't know Richard Grant, um, he was just in the last uh, Star Wars in The Rise of Skywalker. He plays some evil general. Um, that I don't want to talk about that movie. Uh, but uh, starting up in his career, he did this great underground comedy, uh, British comedy called With Mel and I and uh if you ever have a chance check out that movie because it's 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 really hilarious but if you don't get it you don't get it <laughs> both uh Melissa McCarthy and Richard Grant were actually nominated for academy awards for this movie um but uh they didn't win even though they they did some good performances in this in this movie but the basic plot of the movie is <clears throat> Melissa McCarthy plays Uh, this biographer named uh, Lee Israel. And she starts forging these letters um, by different uh, actors and actresses and artists. Um, She forges these personal letters and she starts selling them. Um, But to do that, she has to buy all these different vintage typewriters uh, depending on, you know, which letter she's forging. And that's why this movie came to mind is because... It, there's scenes in, in the movie where, like, around her apartment, there's, like, seven different typewriters. A couple weeks ago, um, I did an article on how I source uh, vintage video games. Um, I use an online uh, auction site of Shop Goodwill. So, after seeing the documentary of California Typewriter, it got me curious. Um, so, I went on to Shop Goodwill, and I just typed in typewriter. And all these old vintage typewriters came up, and I was shocked at at, at the prices that these things are getting. I mean, some of the uh, the good ones are going for like three hundred dollars. Um, I I just can't imagine. And then you got to figure in shipping as well. I mean, these things are heavy. Another thing for me that stood out when I was looking at these typewriters is. Um, they they really have like a some really beautiful industrial design. I mean, given I I guess the time period. Um, you know, you hear about like Apple and their industrial design, but these typewriters, I would rather have one of these typewriters than an IMAX sitting on my desk, but sadly it's the age that we live in. I don't I don't know what constitutes, I would say, a good vintage typewriter. Like I don't know like why certain typewriters or certain prices. Um, I, I was just looking at the ones that I saw and there was a couple that I liked, but I'm, I'm not going to go and drop $200 on a typewriter. I just don't, <clears throat> I don't have the space for one. Um, I have no idea where I would put it. It'd be really cool to have, um, especially like, you know, when I'm doing the podcast and I have to type up my notes. Uh, I think it'd be really cool, but once again, it's just one of these things that I just don't have space for. I mean, when I'm not using it, where's it going to go? I mean, it 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 would look cool on a shelf, you know, and, you know, I think a lot of people collect them because they, they look cool. I mean, I used to collect vintage cameras and then put them on my shelf just because, you know, they look cool. The idea that really appeals to me, though, about having a typewriter is, so if I get on my computer or my laptop and I start typing up the notes or, for the podcast or whatever I'm typing, because of autocorrect and grammar correct, it just really stops your process. You know, you're flowing with an idea or whatever, and then, oh, I have to go back and change the spelling of that, or, you know, like I used the wrong pronoun or something. And I don't like that. So the idea of having a typer, to me, that's cool, is just typing. And if you make a mistake, you know, just keep going. Um, I remember back in the day, some typewriters, uh, they used to have whiteout, you know, so you could delete your mistakes. Um, But the big appeal for me is just kind of going analog and not having all these doohickeys in a word processing program. But a lot of things kind of came to mind after watching the documentary. Um, To see these guys, you know, like the, the last stand or last foothold of, you know, typewriter repairmen. Um there, there is not a lot of people who can fix these old things anymore. Um I remember when I got into vintage cameras, I, I started thinking, you know, like, if I wanted to get a camera fixed, who who do I go to? I mean I would have to do it myself, basically. Sadly, we live in a really disposable society. Um, you know, it's like if something stops working like a printer or whatever we just throw it out and then we start filling our landfills um like i i used to have a ps2 and stupidly i threw that thing out i mean i could have gotten something for it because people collect this crap i had a ps2 controller just lying around and i put it on ebay and i I managed to sell that for eight dollars there's always going to be someone who wants something another takeaway i i got from the documentary there's always going to be this debate and the debate is going to be analog versus digital. You know, do you want something physical like something you can hold in your hand or do you want something on a hard drive or like on a cloud? Does a record sound better than a CD or an MP3? Um does typing something onto a piece of paper feel better than typing something up and then hitting the print button. I mean, that debate of analog versus digital is never gonna go away. And um, so seeing this documentary, that really comes to mind. There's a company called QWERTY Writer. Uh, It's from the uh, top six keys of a keyboard, Q-W-E-R-T-Y. Anyway, this company QWERTY Writer, they, uh, they make a keyboard for computers. Um, it's actually featured on an episode of the Big Bang Theory. Um, I love that show. My wife hates that show. Um, I'm a total geek. She's a total hottie. You know, it's just kind of, our, our lives sort of mimic the show. Anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, they make this keyboard and it, it looks like an old school, uh, typewriter keyboard. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, It's very, I guess, what you would call anachronistic. I don't know. Um, But the keyboard itself is $300. (laughs) Uh, For $300, you can just go get a typewriter, you know, a vintage typewriter and have the same feel. But I guess people want the feel of a typewriter, except they want it on their computer. Another thing, um, just... I was kind of bored and I was, you know, doing the research. Um, I typed in to Google Baltimore typewriter um, just to see if they're like repairmen or anything around. And sadly, there I couldn't find any. But, oh, um, well, I didn't look that hard. But I came across this font and it's called the Baltimore typewriter font. And it's really cool. Um, I've seen it before, but I, I had no idea that it was called the Baltimore font. So I think I'm going to redo the Two Consoles Too Late logo uh, with this really cool Baltimore font. Baltimore typewriter font, sorry. Now a whole group of movies that came to mind when I was, you know, thinking of typewriters and, and the episode... Um, Stephen King, okay. Stephen King has had a lot of, uh, movie adaptations from his books. I mean, uh, a couple that came to mind, um, Secret Window, um, The Dark Half. Secret Window is kind of paralleled, uh, by The Dark Half. And funny thing is, Timothy Hutton, who stars in The Dark Half, he appears in Secret Window. Um but there's also The Shining and, um, Misery. Um, these are all movies that sort of feature writers. Um, you know, cause I guess Stephen King writes about himself. Um, but in a couple of these movies, uh, there, there's typewriters. I mean, the famous scene in The Shining is, you know, Jack Nicholson's going crazy and he just keeps typing over and over all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Um, that's that's really famous. The typewriter he uses in The Shining, um, that is an Adler. Um, apparently, they use that because Stanley Kubrick uh, used uh, that uh, that type of typewriter. And then in Misery, um, spoiler alert, you know when he gets captured and she makes him, you know, rewrite the book or whatever, um, she gives him a typewriter. And James Caan in that movie uses uh, an old Royal typewriter. So when I'm out and about at uh, like yard sales and garage sales, um, you know, after seeing all this, I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna keep my eye out uh, just for a typewriter, and if I see one cheap enough, um, I might pick one up. I mean, like I said, I don't have the space, but um, even if I could just pick one up and then try to flip it, that'd be cool. So for all of you out there, if you have a typewriter, an old vintage typewriter of like your grandfather's or something sitting around the house. hold on to it or sell it. If you do sell it, get some money for it because these things are worth a lot of money. Here's the uh, my quick update that I always do at the end of the podcast. Um, I just uh, finished a video. Um, I put it on YouTube at Two Consoles Too Late. Um, I played the original Super Mario Brothers. And I played every level of every world. Um, I cheated along the way and had to do a lot of saving. But it's really cool. Check it out. I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, right now I'm, I'm working on... Mario 3, um, now I've done a video where I, I found the coin ship. Um, um, my next video, I'm gonna try to get the, uh, the white mushroom house, and I'm not sure if I, anyone knows what I'm talking about, uh, but at certain levels, if you get all the coins in certain levels, uh, you get this, you know, this white mushroom house appears, and you either get, it's usually just either a P-Wing or an anchor for the airships. But uh, hopefully I can get that done. And I forgot to put this in last week's podcast. Thank you to everyone who liked uh, the photos of me wearing uh, geeky shirts. Um, I was able to raise uh, about $80 uh, for the Starlight Foundation. It's a great foundation. Um, They donate video games and VR systems to... uh, sick kids in hospitals, so it was nice to give back, and I I definitely am definitely going to do that uh, fundraiser again, because it was so much fun, and it goes towards a great cause. All right, this has been the podcast for Two Consoles Too Late. I've been your host, Jackson Keebler. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Check me out on Facebook at Two Consoles Too Late, and also on YouTube at Two Consoles Too Late. Have a good one. Bye.